This episode is powered by Poddex. Before we get started with the show, we'll let you remind you that this episode's powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episodes starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or an existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience or get more engagement, you want to check out poddex.com. Use the promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your first order. Poddex are the hottest new tool for podcasters looking to have more meaningful conversations or gamify their podcast. Simply shuffle up the cards, ask a question, and let the content roll. Grab yours today at poddex.com and use the promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your order. So let's get on with this. Hey everybody, happy Tuesday, welcome to another edition of Talkin' Pop. It's the podcast of all things pop culture. I'm your host of Fine Tribe Scores, joining me from a remote location, Biko. What's up guys? And again, once again, this is another news-heavy podcast episode. <laughs> so, I mean, it's been a crazy weekend. I know it's. I've been like the stories so far this past weekend have been weird. Kind of has a little bit of a pop culture feel to it. Of course, um, if you're a big video gamer, of course, Cyberpunk 2077 is coming out this week. And of course, the whole quest remains about right now with the next generation gaming. Of course. With the securement of PS5s. So far, um, I've been reading like eBay right now is under fire right now. Because I guess some a guy from Utah bought a PS5 from eBay. Um, he spent almost 800 and something dollars for it. And apparently uh, when he got it, he, when he opened the box, it was in his PS5 box and everything. When he opened it up, it was a cinder block inside. No way, for real? Yeah. So one thing, guys, I understand eBay is convenient, but... I don't recommend buying any systems through there because they're just scammers. Even though eBay has their like buyer's protection, so the guy able to get the money back. Don't I? I tend to stay away from resellers. I'm sorry. I used to yeah. like eBay in the past, but I've been scammed before, and I don't want that to happen to anybody else. That's why I go through Amazon. <laughs> so that's why it's like I understand your 
your like willingness to jump in to get a new system. But it's like, guys, be patient. I mean, don't jump the gun right away. Wait till stock is in stock. You know, wait till stuff's in, in stock. I mean, it's not that many games out right now. So it's like you're pretty much like you already got a few games you can choose from right now. I think NBA came out right now for next generation. And uh, FIFA came out for next generation. And then of course you got Spider Man. I mean, yeah, there's a few games for PS5, but it's like and Demon Souls was you know Demon Souls on PS5. I mean, most of the games you're gonna have playing afterwards are the ones from your PS4 library or something. So it's like I'm don't be in a rush. And then I was reading about supposedly in England or whatever country it was in Europe, I believe. Um, some. People were inspired that some people were stealing PS5s from a truck a la Fast and the Furious style as well. Yeah, apparently there was. I mean, it's crazy. I was reading this on Reddit. Like, people going under the gaming Reddit. It's like people going being that desperate to get in the system. It's like, the way how it is right now with COVID and stuff, it's like going that far to be like recreating stuff from Fast and the Furious to create a PS5. I understand you want to make money, but it's like, come on. <laughs> the risk factor there, but... I don't know, and then of course you know about the whole Cyberpunk 2077 is coming out this week, and I think some you can start preloading it, but apparently there's like a big up. There's a rumor about a big update. The first day is like almost like 42 gigs or something, so it's like, what? Yeah, I know Project. Is there an update patch? Yeah, it's for the first day update patch. Yeah, because you know that's what you know. It's like when any game, it's the you know the developers have to do an update patch in case you know something happens. And they are telling people, like, you know, yeah, they encourage people to stream the games, but Project Red's, like, encouraging just wait, like, a few weeks. Just until everybody has an idea of the game. It happens sometimes. Just avoid, like, spoilers and stuff. But... Yeah, which I'm not surprised. I mean, like, there's already... I was uh, actually reading a Reddit thread earlier today. Mm -hmm. Like, the My Words subreddit, which, you know, people make some lofty predictions. And somebody had mentioned, like, just... They, they had referred to that uh, update you referenced to, and uh, they mentioned, like, with, with the, the rushing and development for this game and all the hype that they've been putting with their marketing, that it's going to suffer from a lot of bugs and all this stuff, which is typical to what we see in, for example, like, the Ubisoft games um, with the fast turnaround times and development and with considering this year being shifted into a different sort of uh, societal process, like, it's 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 going to be more likely that we're going to see a lot of these type of uh, lucky patches that they need to take care of. Which I mean, forty two gigs on a, an update on a rollout for a game. It's in my personal opinion, like we've never really seen that. I mean, I know it's not new within the the latest video game technology, but when it comes to those type of development, it's kind of strange. I would rather see them take more time giving the developers a chance to actually go around do more bug testing, more focused group testing on that. I know I don't know if like video game companies are trying to, you know, also push their products. So got more games for the next generation, it's gonna be very hard to sell these consoles. And it's already hard enough not I mean it's not hard enough to sell consoles when they're able to buy them, but if they really want to get a better market share I suggest they they should have waited, but I, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not. I like that the guy made the prediction. I'm not surprised that if it does get found a lot of bugs, mm-hmm. uh, and and for such a game that's supposed to you know be an expansive story and it's a whole new you know introducing us to a whole new genre or like this dystopian future, 
which we're most likely headed towards. But uh, like, <laughs> it makes it, it doesn't make sense to me to roll out a project like that creatively without knowing that you're going to provide the best possible product you can. I mean. That, this game was like delayed how many times this year? First, it was supposed to go back like in October or something. It got pushed in November, then it got, again, got pushed yeah. in December. I understand, I think, because the way with Project Red, you know, they want to, you know, create a card pipe. They did it with the Witcher series as well. Then, you know, how they had to delay that game for a while. It's like, I understand. It's like, to me, I think it's more of like a gaming company, like game developers' commitment to make sure to deliver the best possible product, best possible ITP. So I do understand. Why Project Red, CD Project Red wants to do this, just to make to deliver the best gaming experience for the, for the consumers. You know, they have to do these patches. Yeah, it's gonna suck. They gotta do a first day patch, but I understand why they do that because in case they maybe they did some preliminary testing, see, oh, there's gonna be some bugs that way. You know, because then, like I said, not only does it appeal to consumers, it appeals to streamers. So that way, when they, weeks later, when they're allowed to stream certain things, they're not gonna run into that issue when they're streaming the game. Yeah. You know, it, I understand where they're coming from. So, like I said, I'm going to wait until the... I mean, I probably will get the game later on for PS4. I'm going to wait until the price drops once all the bugs have been figured out and everything. Because I do... That's one game I do like. I like role-playing games. I like that immersive world aspect. I mean, I got The Witcher 3. I haven't even got into it that yet because, you know, the CD Project made the games. So, I need to jump into that. But it gives you that same stuff because it's like an open-world thing. But it's kind of cool because it's inspired by the cyberpunk culture. Kind of like almost like Total Recall comes to mind or yeah. or what's the other one? That's kind of inspired, uh, inspired uh, by it. Oh. Running the Running Man is another one, yeah. So it kind of inspires those, because it's inspired by those films in, the, in like the late 80s or 90s. So that whole cyberpunk film. And of course, having Keanu Reeves being involved with the project as well, which makes it kind of cool as well. So I'm looking forward to that. So like I said, hope you guys were able to pre-order your copy. Hope you guys get to enjoy this week. Um, of course, um, another thing I wanted to bring up too um, was... Uh, I had to bring like anime to this because this past weekend, um, the final season of Attack on Titan, the first episode was released this past Sunday, and apparently, if you were trying to go on a Crunchyroll, Hulu, or Funimation, it got to the point that so many people tried to go on and watch the episode, it kind of overloaded the servers, so they were getting a lot of error messages. So I was following, I followed them on Twitter, and you know, Crunchyroll, you know, they want to say facing, we're we're dealing with a lot of high traffic right now. Please be patient as we try to restore your stream at this time. Because, like I said, I mean, because it's one of the things, because now, even though right now the manga itself is coming to a close soon, I still have to catch up on the manga itself, but I'm pretty much where the sports season is doing. And like I said, me, it's kind of weird because this one, the anime, like, I read the manga first, then I saw the anime, and of course the anime went through a lot of production delays and stuff. They had, like, um, Studio Mappa was doing it, but now they got Studio Wit doing it. Studio Wit, if you remember, they're, they're the ones who worked on uh, The Great Pretender, so they're working on Season 4 of uh, Attack and Titan. But they, the, the company itself that did it before, they went through so many production delays, it kept getting delayed. I mean, it's one of those things that with me, when it comes to, like, anime, I like to watch the whole first season. But for some reason, I stopped somewhere in the second season because, I mean, people don't realize when you read the manga and then watch the anime, it's not always going to follow, you know, chapter by chapter. Sometimes they have to create some sort of like a filler or diverge or some other backstory for characters. They'll appear for a little bit in the manga itself. So when I watched the first season, I thought it was fine. The animation was great. I don't know. It looked kind of weird, like style kindly didn't match the original artwork in the manga itself. Because if you read the Attack on Titan manga, 
it looks a little different. It's like, it's more or less that pencil style. Like the artist does it more like a pencil kind of etching type artwork. Versus here in the anime, it's like they have, each two characters have a hard outline. And they make the girls wearing makeup. Even though, honestly, they're soldiers. They don't wear makeup. So it's like, it's kind of weird. Um, but it was alright. Like the sequences were great. I know they try to add a little 3D aspect of it. Like the 360 panoramic camera. But it kind of, like, going into the second season, it kind of diverged a little bit from the manga. So I got kind of, like, it was weird because I never dropped from watching anime for a while. It took me, I took a break from watching the anime because it was like, this is not like the manga. Then I pretty much went back and stuck to the manga. So I'm at to that point where now I kept reading, I still kept up on it when the anime wise. And then they're like, you know, third season came out and then all of a sudden they announced that. You know, they're going to do last seasons coming out this year. Of course, you know, with COVID right now in Japan as well, most of the anime production, usually either they had the workers, you know, either do it from home or had the voice actors do it from home because normally in Japan it's kind of different because people don't realize in Japan when it comes to voice acting, here in the U.S. we had the luxury where you can have one person in the studio booth. But in Japan, when it comes to like voice acting for anime or even commercials in general, especially you got multiple people doing voiceovers, you have pretty much all the actors in the same room. And they have mics set up. So they have mics set up. And they have like the lines. And they have the director calling the lines. And you know the director on the under end with the mixer with the sound designer and everything. So all the actors are there. So what they do is they call say. They're all the actors are in the same room. They're sitting on the couch. And they have the mic set up. So when they, they got to do this next scene. They'll say so and so you guys go up. And the other actors are just watching their fellow, you know, compatriots, like, doing the scene. And they come back, they get feedback. So they get a feedback. Um, but, of course, with COVID happening, sometimes they had to find a way to adapt to this. So now, like, some of these voice actors don't, may don't have the luxury of having the equipment. So they find ways to do it. And I seen, like, I think I saw, because My Hero Academia Season 5 is coming out next year. And I guess they shared the first, like, behind-the-scenes shots of the actors. They're wearing their masks. Um... They have, like, barriers set up between the actors so they don't, you know, interact with each other. Which kind of loses the aspect of them interacting with each other. Because sometimes what I read behind those sessions is having your fellow actors there it helps out. Because then, you know, you get the feedback and say, hey, maybe we should do this again a little bit better, you know. Versus here in the U.S., we had the luxury that a lot of productions are, are able to do it from home. A lot of the voice act Funimation, I get props to them. You know, especially with dubbing because that's why they had a lot of their dubs got delayed. I mean, to me, I like subs, but dubs are not bad. I mean, it's better than it was back then. Um, but live actors had the luxury to be able to do it from home. Yeah, and they're all working sorry, together. So, yeah. But, yeah, that's one thing I wanted to bring up. But yeah, so going back to, you know, the, the the overload. Yeah, apparently you couldn't go on Crunchyroll any of those days. Even Funimation or Hulu as well because they were doing like a simulcast. So it was going to be hours after here in Japan. Of course, Technic has a big following. It's basically... They call it, I think IGN called it, was Japan's equivalent of The Walking Dead. So it has a big following. So, of course, people are going to try tuning over the weekend to watch it after it air in Japan. Because you're getting the same day after it's air in Japan. It's just funny. It happens. That's why it's like, for me, when I want to watch new anime, especially new episodes that come out, I kind of avoid it watching the day it comes out. Because I know for a fact that the servers are going to overload and it'd be difficult for me to go watch it. That's why I wait like a day or two after it's aired. So that way it gives me time to go in and watch it. So like I said, I need to... So I just wanted to bring that up because it's like... That's what happens when you're trying to watch the show. It's kind of like watching The Mandalorian. It's like you're... You know... You try to go on... Hopefully around the same time everybody started watching it. Or wait until hopefully most everybody watched it in the morning. I try to watch it like when I get home from like work or something. 
trying to find like the downtime where I can watch it so it doesn't like overload the server. Uh yeah, that's true. But that's I just a lot of yeah. Yeah, so that's like one thing I wanted to bring up about that. So it was that like because I was that's all I was reading like oh like the like cultural Funimation Hulu were down due to a lot of people going on to watch Second Titans like it shows to show how much of a fan base that show has that yeah. proper IP has like I mean it's like for me right now I'm like it's kind of cool how they got so much of a following still even though this, the the anime itself went through so many because anime was awesome since like 2014 and and it took like almost a year to before they came back and finished it you know but uh, so definitely guys that's something I do suggest reading if you're into like because what it was cool about Attack on Titan I do recommend that it's because the fact that Attack on Titan it talks about more like how nations are usually the, the populace are controlled by the nations basically through like you know he says she said thing and how a governments try to you know they don't see the outside world and they, you know, basically the populace that, you know, like the characters operate from, you know, they're probably protect their territory, their walled cities from these so-called titans. Unawares that these titans are actually people from other nations. But of course, this is a government that's ruled by religion that sees titans as being evil, that they had no soul and stuff. And you're, you're, you see that when you first watch, the, when you first read the manga about this, that... You're thinking, oh, it's kind of like almost like the Walkers, like The Walking Dead, and um, you'll see that. But later on, as you read the chapters, you read the volumes, it kind of opens the idea that hey, these Titans are not spoiler. These Titans are not what they seem. There's other nations out there, but it's like funny how this city, this community, tries to think they're like the only surviving city right now. <laughs> That's basically what it is. Not only fact, there's other nations out there. And it's all it's a, it's an Oscar war between two warring factions. It ends up being these two warring factions over religion or how these people were raised by. Oh, okay. so it's really interesting. So I do recommend you guys read the manga, check out the anime. Um, I've seen it sub first. I kind of the dub is not too bad, but I mean there's some recognizable voice actors you recognize if you do watch anime dub. I think Bryce Paperbrook's on there as well. He's the voice of Natsu from Fairy Tail. He's done a lot of voiceover work. Um, I'm trying to remember who else is on there. That really sounds good. And but it's funny because um, like I like the sub better because then like, you get a better translation of the characters. But definitely check it out. Like, and funny is a lot of characters have these like German or European style names. As I can tell the mangaka, the creator, he was inspired by German architecture, so all the buildings have like that German European esque kind of architecture feel to it. But definitely check it out. I do recommend you guys definitely check out Attack on Titan. Um, right now, it's currently on Crunchyroll, Hulu, Funimation. Or, like, read the manga itself. Definitely check out the manga. I think the manga is already on its last of its um, final chapters. Mm-hmm. So definitely check that out. So and I got to catch up on it as well. So but definitely that's kind of like almost like my anime recommendation right now. I decided to give it away. But that's a good thing to... Especially right now, with the final season out right now, if you like, give me time, time to read it, definitely check it out. And for those people who want to catch up, go ahead, check out the anime. It's out right now. Like as we are in this fourth season, but because I heard this fourth season is going to be like sixteen episodes, so. But it's hard to you know people are saying, "Oh, that's tomorrow. That's less than what they're going to try to comprise all these chapters into one thing." But definitely check it out. Um. 
But yeah, let's, if you want, we can get into, uh, since you kind of touched upon it, we can get into the Mandalorian episode. Yeah, I do want to talk about that because to me, it sucked. It's like well, it's a good episode. I do I'd give you that. Um, of course, it's called the tragedy, mm-hmm. and of course, uh, it starts. You know, I, I was watching the recap of the episode, and it shows you know uh, Ming Na Wen's character how she got you know hit in the gut. She thought she got left for dead, and somebody found her. Yeah. Cut to that. So of course they land on the planet. Um, that they finally get to that temple where uh, that Ahsoka told um Mando and Grogu to go to the, the, the old Jedi temple. So Grogu to go on that mountain, and you know he has to do the whole Jedi thing to try to communicate and try to find the other Jedi, basically. Yeah. Which man. was actually kind of interesting. It was kind of like I find it interesting because it's like he goes on there. And of course, um, he's watching him and everything. And then of course, um, he's first. At first, the uh, you know Grogu doesn't like. He's afraid. He's trying. And then again, um, you can tell like the Mando. He's still like he enjoys being around him and stuff. Like he's almost like his kid almost. Because it's that whole father son almost like relationship and stuff. But at the same time, he realizes you know he's a Jedi. He's going down this path. You know. And Jedi are usually the natural enemies of the Mandalorians. So, of course, we see that cool effect when he's doing the, the you know, Grogu's doing the whole meditation, and finally it starts working. And of course, um, Mando realizes he's not alone. And someone else landed on the planet. So he goes out and investigate, and we see the familiar ship makes an appearance if you remember watching the original trilogy. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. The Slave One ship, yeah. So, you see a touchdown. And of course, um, then it goes to see, investigate what's going on. They get a brief fight exchange. Um, you see, he sees that one girl that he ran and he ran last night. Like, how did you survive? I forgot her name. I forgot her name. Oh, let me pull up. Let me pull up because I forgot her name. Yeah. Um. So like our whole, the whole, uh, the whole basis of the episode is surrounded by Amanda and. Uh, the, the, the child, I'm just going to keep calling him the child because I can't stand it. The name they gave You still don't like the name, Grogu? Nah, it's just dumb. It sounds like a cleaning product. <laughs> <laughs> like Goo Be Gone or some shit. But, uh, <laughs> Goo Be Gone. Since, since he had to take him to Sing Stone so he can basically see the potential of his power as we do, um, which I... Oh, Phoenix Chan's her name. Okay, Phoenix Chan's her name. Uh, yeah, and so... The, the, most of the episode takes place around this rock, these rocks formations, kind of like... It's, it's like the old temple, yeah. It's the, like an old temple, I guess, on top of the mountain. Yeah, and so for this, uh, it, it's this is where the fan service begins, right? So we get we get Boba Fett out of nowhere, and then he gives us a, a quick backstory on why they meet with... What's that person's name again? Fennec Shot. That's her name. Yeah, there you go. Fennec. Yeah. So he Fennec. finds out that he saves his life, like, finds out Boba Fett saved her life on Tatooine. And one thing, yeah, we finally get to see Boba Fett actually survive the Sarlacc pit. And even though we, if you saw the episode before, he did survive, but he gives in more detail why, what happened, how he got out of it, how, because I realized, I may, I kind of have to, like, correct myself. I didn't realize this show takes place. I thought it was five months at the Fallen Empire. It's five years 
after the fall after the Return of the Jedi. Oh, for real? I thought it was five months, but I, apparently I had to go in and look when I was doing like reviews, like going through the show. I kind of had to correct myself. It was not five months; it's like five years after like fall of the Empire. So yeah, so yeah, he explains that. Of course, he gives a little thing where both it, you know, she tells Mando like, "Hey, she, he saved my life." That all Bofit wants is his armor. It was his dad's. Of course, uh, man, like, then, you know, Mando, he's kind of, like, skeptical, saying, are you Mandalorian like me? He's like, he's also, his dad was also a foundling as well. And then all he wants is basically his dad's armor, and then he's like, here, prove it, you know? And, and he said, he shows the thing where it shows the whole, like, lineage, like, who the armor belongs to. We get Jango Fett, you know... Who it belongs to? Then Bofet was the next line to take it. That his dad as well was also finally fought in the Mando Civil War. Apparently. Oh, that's right. In, in the old, the old Civil War. Yeah. Which, and at least that's like probably the most. Not saying the most exposition they've given us when they've introduced us to, or semi dropped some of these fan service characters. I mean, this is the first time we get like another one. But I think it's more redemption because honestly, um, I like for the fact. Okay, we see Bobo a little bit when he's a kid and attacking the clones, only for a little bit, and then in the original trilogy, he's hardly in there. He only appears like as a background character in like Episode Four, and then all of a sudden, in then Empire Strikes Back, we see him a little more, where we see him actually talk. He's taking Han Solo. Always see him a little bit in Jedi. In Jedi, he just you know disappears into the Starlight Bank. That's it. You know, not much of a backstory. So I kind of like for a fact, at least here, they kind of flesh him out more. Which I do like for a fact that they do give him more, you know, development, as you can say. Which is good, they, as they should, because he's the main driver of all the plots here. He's the main character. So, like, it's, 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 and it's funny because, I mean, uh, the fact that the way they set this up with him kind of, and <clears throat> him carrying Boba's armor and using that as a driver for their meeting, which just makes sense. I just didn't think it was going to happen so soon, but considering that there's only like two episodes left mm-hmm. uh, in the season, that makes sense. But um, yeah, so we get the we get them fighting, kind of first each other, and then they make a deal, right? So they make a deal that, uh, considering that give them the armor back, that they. They swore to protect the child at all costs until he gets them to the right full the Jedi, essentially. Yeah, so because when they find out that, you know, he remember all of a sudden we see the the ship off Gideon's ship appear and we see the dark troopers yeah. make their appearance, which is kinda of like the upscale version of droids, basically. Of droids, yeah. No, first we had we see the regular troopers first. First it was the regular storm because they see stormtroopers. Come along, they say for right now, they're going to agree not to fight until we take care of the, the stormtroopers. Mm. For safety of child, which they agree because he's like, you help me, I'll give you armor. So, yeah. they get an agreement, they go, which I see, I think Robert Rodriguez directed this episode. Of course, you know how Robert Rodriguez is when it comes to like these gunfights, these Western Star gunfights. You could tell, I mean, come on, he did um, Desperado, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. I mean, when it comes to these all-out shooting sequences, he puts his little like touch on there. It was almost like a, it was like an old west like shootout, which was really cool. And like you see, Fennec Shaw, he's like, and then you see, you know, freaking Bofet getting in there, using his like 
gun slash staff to kill the beat up the stormtroopers was really cool. I mean, we get that gunfight sequence, Western Sun gunfight sequence. It was really good. You got me wrong. It was a really good sequence. You know, and of course, Mando tries his best. You know, the child's in might be in danger. Tries best to try to get his attention, but of course, the force field's still going, so he can't even touch the you know, Grogu. So, now it's a three dumb holding the line against these stormtroopers. And they keep coming yeah, and coming and coming, like wave after wave. And then, of course, we get the thing where finally, you know, Boba Fett gets his dad's armor and, you know, puts it on. Yeah, you see the familiar face. It's freaking knee rockets, man. <laughs> get the knee rockets going. And then um, he uses the, the rocket launcher to take care of one of those ships that are trying to escape. Like I said, the Axis was really good. Like I said, you know, it's a lot where we get to spin when it comes to, like, gunfights. Oh, no, yeah, he, he, the action was definitely not the problem in the episode. I, I have my problems with this episode at the same time. And, then, but... and of course, you know, sports guys, of course we see the, the view of the, the Dark Troopers, which are kind of like, almost like Darth Vader-esque droid-type troopers. And they yeah, go, the yeah, Dark Troopers, they call them. So they go, the child, and like, they go down, you know, by the time he get, they get up to the mountain to try to get with the child, with Grogu, he's already taken. Because Grogu's thing, yeah. he, his thing, so his meditation got taken care of. I mean, he's tired, he's exhausted. Because, I mean, all that power just to, to create, like, a beacon, I can understand he, the child. And by the time they get up there, you know, he gets taken. Of course, um, Fed tries to fight, and of course, uh, Mogging fires the rock, destroys the Razor Crest. So by RMP, Razor Crest, RIP. A lot of people, that was like the weekend when soon as episode air was like, people, oh, the biggest that the everyone was saying, oh, it's not the tragedy that the child was taking. The tragedy was the Razor Crest got destroyed. I'm like, heck. So, of course, you know, Fed tries to pursue, but as soon as he sees the Empire, like, ship, he has to go full back. And of course, um, they make a deal. Of course, Mando's always a pie by their deals. So, they're gonna help him out for the return safety, the return safety of the child of Grogu. So they agree to help Mando out. So of course they go cuts back so Maki now has a child, and we see you know he goes to see him in the cell. You see the child, you know Grogu using his uh, force powers on the troopers. Pretty much he doesn't kill him; he just like throws him around like because you can tell he's upset, but throws him around. Taking out his anger. Mm. Because remember, she says, remember uh, Ahsoka said in the previous episode that he has a lot, he has some anger within him as well. That's why she says she can train him. Yeah, exactly. Because he has a lot of anger inside him. So, does that, Mocking pretty much gets him knocked out, puts him in shackles, and we go on there, and of course, um, sorry about that, we had technical difficulties. Um, Going back to the episode, um, like I said, you know, after the gunfight, Google gets taken, um, and pretty much Moff Gideon has him, and then, of course, they end up, you know, like I said, Fennec and, you know, both Fett, you know, they're going to honor their agreement, they're going to help, you know, they, they're going to honor their agreement to help Mando out so the child is safe to return to his custody. And so when it comes to Mandalorians, they want to keep that, you know, they're honor bound, they have to follow the job. Yep. So they end up, you know, it cuts back to Moff Gideon's ship. Um, where, you know, he goes to the holding cell with the, where Grogu is at. Grogu's uh, playing with the stormtroopers. I mean, he's not killing them, but he's upset. He's throwing them around like toys, basically. To the point where he pretty much, you know, he's like, can tell, oh, you're sleepy. You know, Mocking's like, you're sleepy, you're tired, you know, because he used all that force. Um, and, of course, he knocks him out, puts him shekels, and he contacts, tells him, hey, tell Dr. Pershing that we have a daughter. 
Then it cuts back to, you know, Mando getting to the back to where they were. Um, ends up running, like, goes to Cara Dune's office. Remember, she's a New Republic Marshal, and he requests that she can, if he can help her, like, she can use her influence to break out Mayfield. Because Mayfield knows how to track him. Yeah. He knows how to track Imperial cruisers and stuff, so he's a good tra- ship tracker, basically. And she's like, oh, I can't do that. I just got the job. But he's like, oh, they took Rogu. So and then, we're probably going to see a nice little reunion of some of the people he ran into in the first season come out and make their debut in this season. But it being only the last two episodes, um, I'm sure. Which, it's funny because when I did turn on this episode, I was like, oh, I hope it's not another 30-minute one. And we'll Like a filler episode? It. Like a yeah, filler episode, you're saying? Yeah. And that's my problem. Well, I'm not saying it's a problem particularly to this one because this one was more like... This, this episode was very quickly paced for for the amount of action that I had I know because like they had to kind of like like set up the, the scene for him to be at the at the, the seeing stone and and the child doing his thing while they're fighting but then like when they are fighting Mando is barely in it and he's just up there waiting for him to like he's like trying to push in the force field and then like to do it twice was kind of annoying because like I knew it wasn't going to work like wouldn't they like I don't know how that would serve the storyline but well, one issue I have with this is that they let him go so easily like they didn't even bother shooting at them but it's going because they don't want to hurt the child but it's like no they're, they're stealing away like nothing your people and you had one like maybe six of those death troopers they're troopers down there and mm-hmm. I don't understand that. Like, they were able to take out... I mean, I know Stormtroopers aren't the most equipped or, like, the sharpest shooting because they're... I mean, they're getting taken out by two people the whole time. And you're telling me that, like, they can just swoop in, like, it's nothing on top of... I know they were running to catch up to them, but I'm like, yeah, how far were they down there in order to stop them if they were sniping the whole time? It has to be a big mountain because, remember, they had to land, like... He had to land, like, on the outside of the mountain because there's yeah. no place... It's exactly. the way that mountain is, is, like, there's no way they can land the Razor Crest right on top of that structure. Right. But that's the thing is... I mean, they blew off the Razor Crest after... Remember, he took his jetpack off. That's why, too. Remember that when they were fighting. Yeah, they already made the deal. Why didn't he just put it back on? I know. That's why I don't understand. Like, there's no, there's no cohesion in the plot because, like, yeah, he's a. That's one big guy. gripe. I mean, overall, I like to see that the the gunfight was good, but yeah, that's one thing my biggest gripe was too was okay. They made their deer, they're talking. You know, he put his, they put all the weapons, like, he put his check back off, and they had the discussion. We learned a little bit about Boba Fett, like why he wants to armor, why it means to him, what he's been doing. But at the same time, okay, you guys decided to take all these troops. Why don't, why doesn't Mandel go ahead and put his jet back on so that way he can zoom up and go see how the child was doing? But it didn't occur to him because I think because one of those spur the moment things like oh shit I don't have time to put my jab on I got these troopers coming down. Yeah, it doesn't like it doesn't make any sense. I don't I don't understand why they like there's no I don't know I don't know there wasn't any there wasn't any cohesion in the plot. It didn't seem like I don't understand why he wouldn't use a jetpack the first time around after they make the deal. To catch up to the kid, you would think like I've seen him escape harder things. I mean, when when they're in the ice thing fighting that one monster, and you thought they were done, and they're not, and it's just like, wait, what? What is going on? Why? Why? Why wouldn't he just do it after the, the deal? But and then it's it's just the way the way he was taken so easily and nothing. It's like okay, they're driving it, so now they have to. I know they're, why they're driving it to be in this way, but 
it, it, it was to me it seemed like it was kind of lazy writing or they maybe didn't think, like in the writers room they didn't think to how this could maybe look on the screenplay to mm-hmm. how easily how how ridiculous it looks considering you you've crazy scenarios where the, the man was able to escape all by himself a lot of things. I mean the first episode was them trying to keep that big sand like dragon thing. Mm-hmm. Him and some Tuscan Raiders and they were telling me that you have two mercenaries with years of experience and including yourself. And you guys took out like three landing squadrons of stormtroopers, but then six five or six of these dark troopers come from the air shooting like rockets down and nothing you guys nothing didn't do anything and it's just like okay I, you're driving the story because you got two more episodes but then it's like but I think the 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 reason why they did that was to give the whole aspect like I said this episode's called the tragedy I think the whole thing was really I think it's a show I mean just to oh, show that shit. just to show that hey you know Mando's not Sometimes he's not his best. That's all I'm trying to say. Like, okay, maybe because in every episode you say he comes through, right? But it's something where they want to show that hey, he's vulnerable. Sometimes he can fail as well. I think it's what it is. I think that's what they did. That why oh why didn't he put his jetpack on time? And all of a sudden, you know, he doesn't get up there. But I think they did that for an aspect of hey, you know, he's not always perfect. Which I do. What I do appreciate the fact that it's like not. That's why I like when it comes to like if you watch a show program, the heroes are never gonna be perfect. That's why I do like because always like we watch like cartoons back in the day. It's like oh the hero has to win at the end of the day, but sometimes it gets boring, it gets stale. You gotta have one show the hey sometimes they can fail too, and I think that's the reason why they yeah. did like that. That's why they did like that. Like he failed. He failed to protect, like, he failed to protect the child in time. He, fi- he failed to get in there on time. No, in fact, he had a jetpack, but he just didn't encourage him in his head. He's one of those spur to more. You got your adrenaline popping. He's one of those spur to moments, like, I, I gotta get up there right away. I mean, he wasn't the only one. Like, they all, like, Boba and Fanny tried their best, too, to get up there as well, but of course, they got there too late. But he has a jetpack on. That's what I don't understand. Like, that doesn't make any sense, though, at the same time. Like, he. he... Out of all the episodes, like, if you're going to fail it, there's got to be an attempt at making the fail. Like, they are just running up, and it's like, well, don't you have a jetpack? You just, like, what was the point of making the deal then not, and not getting your jetpack back if you gave him his armor? Mm-hmm. That's how he was able to destroy the stormtroopers in the first place. No, no, he ran to get his armor. He didn't give him his armor. He, both had went to get the armor because he saw the door was open on the Razor Crest. He ran to grab it. Ah, it's fucked up. I just don't get that. I just think that was just, they didn't, there's just, those are just like, I don't know, they're holes that they didn't, that they didn't tie up. I mean, direction was fine, at least for the action, but like for such a short episode, it didn't make logical sense on the sequencing of the the events that they presented to us. Uh, And and I don't hate that. It's just, if you're going to set up a scene like that and set up the conflict, don't call it the tragedy because it didn't seem like much of a tragedy. All it was is that he got basically taken because he was so exhausted from using his force powers. Makes sense. And then you guys were just a little too late to run up there. Like, after taking out all those people and then you don't bother to use the resources. He could have went in his ship already before they destroyed it. Like, once once he, once they got the kid, then they shot that blast of destroyed ship. Why didn't he go in it when they saw the stormtroopers coming so he could fucking... Like, it makes no sense. Like, nah. 
I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's, this is also Disney doing their thing. So mm-hmm. I, I, not that it's not that it's for like a bad no, but if you're gonna, I'm sure they have tons of people in this writing room. Yeah. And that somebody think to decide like, well, why doesn't he have his jetpack after making the deal? Why doesn't he? So when are we gonna give him? the barrier of conflict for them to take the kid like uh, based on like all all the other episodes in the past where the kid definitely could have gotten taken easily and this one it was just kind of like oh he's in the same stone powerful spot I can't break the blue sphere but he's so exhausted that he can get taken within five minutes like Liam Neeson could have grabbed his ass it's not like it's gonna make me stop watching the it's just like I didn't have I, I mean I've had my gripes in the first season too but like this one in particular these 30 minute episodes are the ones where I'm just kind of like left scratching my head mm-hmm. because it's like I, I see what they're doing but it's just kind of like you guys know you could have executed this a little differently but they, 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 they're the, they have the keys to the car we don't so Overall, like it's it's set up the it's set up the conflict arc very well. It leading into the this next couple episodes, um, Giancarlo Esposito is still as menacing as he could be. Like it's it's good. It's sad that they got to stun the kid, but like I think they're also playing into his darkness to help them mm-hmm. take the, the abnormals from him, so they can create angry Jedi's who are going to serve the Empire. I think that plays so part too. Um, I just wish that they used, they should have used this episode for a longer cut. Maybe why it's only three minutes, but they should have used this episode because the tragedy. I like. I wouldn't have titled that the way it should have been. For a thirty-minute episode, it's it's yeah. I got left scratching my head, kind of like yeah. I was like yeah. But, yeah, but the action. I think the action's what what carries it though, for sure. Well, we still got like two more to go, so. Right. I just don't like how they, they titled it that <laughs> I don't know, because it kind of like puts it off putting the tragedy. It's like, I don't know if it means the tragedy that, okay, maybe the tragedy is like he lost a kid, the kid got taken, or the tragedy is that he lost his ship. That's why a lot of people kept, like, over the weekend, I was going through, like, Twitter and stuff. Now people are making memes saying, oh, RMP, uh, Razor Crest, that was the, the big tragedy of the episode. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. You know, it was, was like. Than, than, 
But I think with like with him traveling with Boba, he'll get more insight because he, he at least he has like a Mandalorian that he can uh, kind of relate to because like Boba's dad as well was a foundling as well, so you get that kind of like familiarity. Hope maybe he'll his views on the Mandalorian culture will start changing based on hanging out with Boba Fett. Seeing like how he's a veteran Mandalorian, like his dad, you know, he's doing right by what his father did before, you know. And he said like I'm doing this to my father before me, you know. It's kind of like a nod back to Return of Jedi when we say, I'm a Jedi like my father before me. And same thing with both of us saying, I'm Mandalorian like my dad before me. So it's a, kind of like a little nod to Return of Jedi when Luke said that to the Emperor. Which is, yeah, I mean, and yeah, we're still, and that's the thing is like, they, when they make these shows, they want to try so hard to like, not to always reference the past movies but then if it's like with Disney putting their hands on shit like if they want to carve a new path they just gotta really lead into that already like yeah you can do fan service for all your worth but that's the problem and we saw that with the movies like the movies are so out are so mediocre they don't make any sense I felt so bad for the actors because they did all they can but the movies are just mediocre as fuck like I don't even consider it personally like something I don't, I'm not gonna re- I don't even know if I want to rewatch them Mm-hmm. I know it's not like a, a, a Disney trilogy bash party, but like I, I I saw Rise of Skywalker and it's I just it was all I needed to know, and I was just kind of like, all right, this was a shitty ending, so like mm-hmm. for that carry the torch, and it just it left a bad taste in my mouth. And if if my if the only fix I get is either waiting to see how the Mandalorian plays out and then reading the books or playing the video games, I'd much rather do that than getting shitty movies. Yeah, so like, I heard like Squadrons is really good right now, that video game uh, Star Wars from Squadrons. Because it gives you, if you remember um, back in the 64 days, they had like Rogue Squadron. So, Rogue Squadron, right? Yeah. yeah. So now it's kind of like their version of it, but now it's like you can control from both sides. So it's kind of cool. You can find the uh, uh, New Republic like um, the squadron or through the, the First Order squadron. So it's kind of interesting. See. But overall, what would you grade this episode? Um, I would give it a. I give it a B minus. <laughs> I kind of I'm leaning towards that as well because I mean the positive was is like we got to see it. my positive my positive takes from this episode was. Point one was we got both had kind of get redeemed a little bit based on the poor yeah. character development he got in the original trilogy. Um, two, I like the fact that Bring Me Not went back as a Fennec. I like her. I like her character. So it's cool they brought her back. Of course, she's part cybernetic now. But another thing, too, was the, the action sequences was really good. The gunfight scenes were good. The one that my biggest gripe you could say was this episode was kind of like the pacing a little bit and also the fact that was him he has a jet back he could have put it off after the standoff but no wait I think he did put it on if I remember was he tried to get on time but of course the force still pushed him back again and knocked him out or something oh yeah knocked him out for like the, one the yeah I think that's what it was I, I, I think he did that the jet back I keep going back I'm trying to remember because I haven't watched this episode since last Friday 
evening when I got home from work. I do remember he did put it on afterwards, but by the time he got up there, he was still doing the force field thing. And he got knocked out. At the point he got pushed back. I think he got pushed back. I think he hit a column or something. He knocked him out, but that's when the Dark Troopers came out. Came down, touched down. After, after he fell asleep. But remember, Fennec and Bofa, they didn't have their jetpack, so they had to go up the mountain. Yeah, Dang didn't, but he was he was up again. He's like, okay, kid, okay, we gotta go, and he tries it again. He gets pushed back again, and that's when the dark troopers came in. Yeah. But then, like, what? That's what I'm saying. Like, it makes no sense because then what was the fucking point? So what was your okay? So to be minus, what was your positives from the episode? If you have any positives for it. Um, positives. I want to say that yeah, the action was good. Um, the way they're trying to carry the story is okay. And, and for what it is, I feel like it could be something to where I, I, I can see why they're setting up the way the plot is going. Mm-hmm. I, I use that as a positive because for doing it only eight episodes in a season, that they do have to move quick. Yeah. Where they want to the story, so that's good. I mean, I like that they brought Boba Fett back, and it was nice hearing his voice because nostalgically it's kind of nice to we get the, the same guy to carry on the story. The, the, the character and, and they did a good job with all that and setting up a good conflict with the fights with Star Troopers. Um, I like how they're, me personally, because Bill Burr's getting more uh, screen time in the Star Wars universe, but that's always nice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like the good, the good ones, I, I get, I like, I, it's not more, it's not a positive or a negative, it's more of like a questioning feeling of why they keep doing these 30 minute episodes. Um, because I'm thinking maybe because they're doing that because probably the next two episodes will probably be more extended yeah those I just don't like I don't think they're work. it's working for them but hopefully with the next I mean you can tell they're going to do a third season so hopefully yeah hopefully I think they're trying to get as much as they can now probably it's probably going to lead up to a bigger possibly you know once we get to these next two episodes probably it's going to set up like a bigger narrative for like the the next season, and just don't get me wrong. Remember, the Obi Wan show still going on too. We still got to see what that's going to go happen. But I believe that shows oh, yeah. I, that shows yeah. in production as well. Ian McGregor back as Obi Wan, so I'm curious to see how that show comes on. Who knows? And like I know, like I said, a lot of people are saying who knows. Maybe, and we got to see what happens. Who received that transmission from the child? What do you mean? Remember when he sent that signal out? Who got the signal? Just remember the whole thing was. The whole thing was him going the mountain to communicate with other Jedi out there. So my biggest question, who knows? Maybe they'll run into a Jedi. A lot of people saying it could be Urza Bridger if we watch Rebels. Because apparently, remember, those shows are canon. So we might remember, those shows are part of the Star Wars canon. So who knows? He could be one of the Jedis who possibly come in and help him out. Or it could be Obi-Wan. No, Obi-Wan, remember, he went to the Force Ray. It could be Luke. Now people are saying if they do decide to bring oh, a young Luke, oh, yeah, exactly. if they do or they do proceed to bring a young Luke, they, a lot of people are saying they should be Sebastian. A lot of people are saying they should be Sebastian Stan. Sure, because uh, I know that I saw like a thing online where someone did like Photoshop or a picture, like a concept art of what he would look like as Luke Skywalker. It kind of looks similar to Mark Hamill almost as a young Mark Hamill. So we'll see. But could, a lot of people are saying it could be Urza Bridger. It could be him. If you watch Rebels, it could be him because remember Kanan. You know, he trained him. He, Kanan was also a Jedi in hiding because he was able to survive from Order 66. 
I mean, and a lot of people are saying it could be the guy if you played the video game Fallen Order. It could be that guy as well. Because it could be some Jedi they were able to hide or cloak themselves from that Order 66. We'll see. I mean, that kind of puts it up in the air as well as, like, who received that transmission? Who received that, you know, that force transmission, I would call it. So I'm curious to see what these next two episodes are going to be. I, I'm, I'm assuming the next episode is going to be more like a breakout episode. You know, Mando getting his team, getting Mayfield on board. Even though Mayfield's going to hold some, you know, resentment and grudge against Mando from the first season. Because remember what happened, you know, he left them in that prison cell, prison ship. So we'll have to see how, you know, how he feels towards him. And if he's willing to agree to help him out. And that's, and that's the thing, like, I, I there's so, it's, you can, like, it's very skeptical on where they want to go with this, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I don't, I don't understand, and I think this is what's the problem, is that they keep relying on these old things instead of continuing to maybe, like, create and expand it, and they are slowly expanding the universe just within this TV model as opposed to spending the, the money. Yeah, because I think there's another show that's, development as well in the Star Wars banner called The Bad Batch. I think that's another animated show. I wonder if the Bad Batch is like the, those clones that... I don't know that the clones who escape being controlled by the Empire. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I bet you it's about them. Just remember if you watch... Remember if you watch like Rebels? I think I saw a clip from Rebels where they come across you know, the former... Troopers, they, the former clone troopers who served, they were into hiding and stuff because they didn't follow through with Order 66. Mm-hmm. So I heard that's still in development as well. Like I said, we got these other shows as well, so we'll see. I mean, there, there's talks of possible spinoffs, so we'll see what happens. Um, but like I said, it's all up in the air right now. It's like, that's why I said, hopefully this next episode kind of redeems itself for this previous one. Mm-hmm. Well, well, guys... Check it out. I mean, you're into Star Wars. Check out The Mandalorian. If you're into Westerns, definitely check out this episode. Wasn't Like I said, we had to give it a B-. minus. You know, we're being generous. <laughs> no, yeah. That's, that's being... I mean, yeah. So far, the season's fine. I, I still... The season itself, it's, it, it's so far, I feel like it's just... It gets a B rating right now because there are things that I don't... I don't I, it doesn't necessarily rub me the right way on certain aspects, but it's overall, I mean, we're still going good. Do I like the story story that they're going with right now yeah because it's it's introducing a lot of new characters well to some people who aren't who aren't like that into star wars and just know the movies i think it's pretty cool that they're they're finally bringing other people up to life that they don't necessarily focus on that isn't a skywalker right mm-hmm. so i think that that's what's good for mandalorian that people can only be they can they don't only feel like like the star wars universe is actually a universe as opposed to just being a one line one family line and, and then the empire like it's it's starting to become multi-dimensional but that's the thing is that i don't want that some people are, are like i don't want disney to only use that because they know it's going to make them it's going to make them the stream numbers up like now that they're able to still be creative and in favor bringing in different directors to kind of so like their own like vision out of it which i do appreciate for fact he brings so that way to at least put like the little touches on it which I, you do see in these episodes that like you see the way the style is and how they're going with the story. I mean, like each director gets to put like their own personal spin on it, which is kind of cool. Um, you know, it kind of brings to my question like now, 
so far with reboots right now. Of course, we had Anime X Reboot comes out. I know it's something that I want to discuss later on in the next episode. Because I do want to focus on the next episode about the Anime X Reboot that just came out. The 2020 Reboot. Um, one thing that Disney right now, that's been this past weekend, and two that's been that hit everybody hard was... Um, they announced that um, the DuckTales reboot is ending after this third season. They're seizing all production of it. It wasn't due to rings. They just felt that, you know, I think, I don't know if it's because of production cost or I think they did enough of the story, I think. Which is kind of sad because I do like the reboot. Because it took a lot, it took a lot of callbacks from the Carl Banks, uh, Carl Barks, you know, comic book series from the late, you know, 50s and 60s. Um, the callback to that, of course, bringing, you know, Donald's sister, Della, into the mix. Making it take place in the same universe as the other, like, Disney shows of the afternoon shows. You saw see Goofy a little bit in one episode. Saw a little bit of Rescue Rangers. Darkwing Duck did an episode in Darkwing Duck. I kind of like how they, you know, he's interested in the universe. Um, but yeah, and I think the season's supposed to wrap up sometime next year. But they did applaud the writers, the team that worked on the cartoon. But they feel that it's run its course. Um, I, I think it's because right now with Disney right now, I think it's because with Disney with the, all the COVID hitting them hard impact, especially right now with the workers in California going through layoffs, possibly at the beginning of the year as well. I think it's a lot of production costs has been done too. So I think even if the television division is doing some layoffs as well, this is kind of hard right now, especially with COVID right now when it comes to live action programs, because they got to follow a strict, you know, cleaning policy. They can't have so many people on a set at a certain time. It's, it's kind of hard. And you see, like, I have to applaud the shows right now that this, they got the scenes going. going. I like for the fact, like, you know, Superstore as well, it's, they announced that they're ending after this right. after season as well. They're wrapping up as well, which I did like. It kind of sucks because I used to work at a Superstore, and I, kinda, it, I like the humor and everything of it. But I like for the fact they're able to take what's going on into the world right now and add it to their episodes, which is kind of cool. The whole they're wearing, yeah. They, had, they had the actors wearing masks. They're following, you know, COVID things and stuff. But yeah, they, it kind of like kind of take when America Ferrera left the show this point of the season. So kind of saw like a downhill spiral almost. Looking around, the other actors were great. It kind of sucks. Now this season they got to work on wrapping it up. Well, what was the what was the character that she played in there? Um, Amy Sosa. Um, she was one of the floor supervisors, and she was there since the beginning and. They wrote her off since she got the promotion to move on to, to California. But I think she left the show behind the scenes just because she would have worked on something else. Like another project or something that she was developing and stuff. So they tried to find a way to write her off. But I mean, the show's overall is not bad. Because like people that used to work in a superstar can, can relate to it. But it's really good. Um, but yeah, that's another show that's going to be ending as well. Um, of course, you know... Like I said, I do want to touch base on the MAX reboot, but I want to do like a episode on it. You know, so I, just like a comparison between the two, like how it is to give our opinions on it. And something like that I wanted that I do want to touch base on a little bit of wrestling. Um, um, I do. We did lose a Hall of Famer this past weekend. Um, this past week, um, Pat Patterson. Um, if you recall, he was um the first Intercontinental Champion, Hall of Famer. He was one of the architects of the Royal Rumble match. Um, he passed away. Um, of course, he was one of the first, like, you know, homosexual wrestlers that came out, you know, during the business as well. And he wrote a biography. He had talked about his experiences, you know, coming out, 
in the struggle in the you know prejudice he went through while wrestling. And of course, he was a big influence behind the scenes with WWE for over the years. People just saw him on TV as the Stooge behind Mr. McMahon's character, the Stooge. You know, being you want know, the guy sucking the McMahon, but he was a big um, helper behind the scenes, developing talent. You know, coming up with you know creativity, helping young wrestlers. You know, sharing his knowledge with them and stuff. I kind of like they did the tributes to him. Like Austin did a good tribute that Austin said. You know, Pat Patterson. Great guy. He was not going to be forgotten. He always will be remembered. That was a good tribute video. And of course, um, War Games was this past Sunday. Of course, if you've ever seen a War Games match, it's two rings. You got a big, giant cage around it. it. Starts with two members. Every four minutes, the next member of the team goes on. The match doesn't officially start until all members are in the cage. You can do whatever shit you want to them inside the cage. And of course, we had the undis- we had the women's teams go at it, which was a really good match. Um, we also had the men's. And of course, Pat McAfee, everybody. He's doing his thing. Of course, he had the whole thing with Adam Cole. And he decided to start his own stable in NXT. He had um, he had um, Danny Birch and Oni Lorcan. He had the Bruiserweight um, Pete Dunne on his team. They call themselves Team McAfee or the Kings of NXT. Taking out Adam Cole in the Spirera. And I did, because I did send you a clip from Pat McAfee with those spots he did. He did a lot of good high spots. He did a swanton off the top of the cage. That's what a bunch of guys. He took table. He took chair shots. He took a went through a table. Pat McAfee, I did give him props. He is athletic. He did a good job. And his promos he did leading up to this match was really good as well. And it's funny because I was watching yesterday because he has his podcast. Keeping the kayfabe tradition. He's wearing a neck brace and he addresses it. He's like, I'm wearing this neck brace. That's for an over-exaggeration. It's just a health precaution. And he's like, this is not over, so he's keeping up the whole feud with the Undisputed Era. He says, yeah, my team lost. I took a lot of bumps and stuff, but hey, this is not over. Like, he did at the beginning of his, of his program. If you go watch the Pat McAfee show, he talks about it. And he's got the neck brace on and everything. So that's kind of like, a lot of people are applauding him. Like, that's something he can do as a high side hustle right now. It's like, the fact that he's willing to help him out and stuff too. So, overall, the event was really good, you know. They did a good job. They took a lot of bumps and stuff. I think some wrestlers did get legitimately hurt during the event. So I think one of the female wrestlers got hurt. Her arm injury. I think um, Bobby Fish from Spirit got some lacerations on his elbow too. So they're monitoring it as well. But it was an overall good event. Definitely recommend it. I mean, the two war game matches really good. Especially doing it like, you know, with a limited audience and, of course, a virtual audience. But definitely check it out. Like I said, um... Definitely check out, like, NXT does deliver, because at least with NXT, they do a lot of those gimmick matches. Yeah, strap yeah. match was really cool as well. And I like that. They, I think the next, like, NXT special episode they're going to do is um, um, New Year's Evil <laughs> for next year. So, it's because with, the difference between NXT and the main, you know, the brands, Raw and SmackDown, is Triple H runs NXT. Mm-hmm. He brings kind of like that old school attitude type of wrestling. That's why NXT is like the old school with the big promos, which I like to do the video packages. They have war picks, man. They have war picks as the theme song for the event at Black Sabbath. So that was kind of cool. It gives you the whole ad to a tech feeling. But at the same time, these wrestlers can do these high spots. They're not allowed on mainstream Raw or SmackDown because Vince McMahon still is. So has the final say on creative. Even though he gets all these writing teams and stuff, he still has the final say. He has to, he has the ability to change everything up. Overall, it's Triple H here. He's trying to have NXT be a competitive brand to AEW. 
and being that, you know, they had that Wednesday Night War and, you know, how they can top off their opponent. And speaking of AEW, this past weekend saw the return, saw the debut, AEW debut of Sting. Pretty much Sting let his contract with WWE run out and he signed a deal with AEW. Sting at 61 years old made his debut on AEW to help out Cody Rhodes and Darby Allen. We'll see what kind of role he plays. And of course we saw... Another relationship between AEW and Impact Wrestling. Remember TNA, Impact Wrestling? So they're working on a partnership for a limited time right now. So they got Kenny Omega. He has um this guy who's the former, who's the co-president of, of Impact, helping him out. So he ends up winning the AEW championship from John Moxley. He ends up running away. So apparently tonight on Access TV or Twitch, when Impact is on, they'll show a little promo. So this guy's showing like a little cross-promotion type of thing. And they asked Triple H on his call last last on uh, Saturday at, on Sunday after the event. And he did like a Facebook live call, and they asked him, "Is WWE willing to work with other brands?" And Triple H said that they're willing to work with any promotion as long as it's good, as long as, as, long as they see it's beneficial for both parties. You know, they're open to work with other promotions. I mean, they they, they bought out Evolve Wrestling, which was an indie promotion. They bought them out, so they got a lot of the library from them. They got good relationships with a lot of like European indie promotions as well. So with um, I forgot what they're. There's one called, they're all in Europe. But I forgot what they're called, but they got some good relationships. That makes a lot of their talent in the NXT UK brand help out those promotions as well. So de- definitely check out guys. Definitely check out War Games 2020 was really good. I mean, I went to last year's War Games at Chicago, so that was a really good event. Seeing a War Games match live that was really good. But definitely check it out. War Games 2020 is on demand on WWE Network. So definitely check it out. Uh, I think that's it. I don't know if I got anything else to say. How about you, Biko? Uh, not that I know of, because I haven't really... I mean, there's still... Oh, uh, I did want to mention that the... Uh, that they... If you're following the election still, I know people are... I know, this is still going on. I'm, I, I don't know, I just stopped, like... I don't know, ever since... It's been for weeks and weeks. It's like, I don't know, man. I just stopped. They, uh, they recertified again. In, in, uh, what's it, I think it's in Atlanta again that he won. And then the uh, same thing with the Biden one. And, and the same thing with, uh, I believe, in Georgia. Or not Atlanta, in Georgia. In uh, Philadelphia. Because Trump was still trying to push that lawsuit through. And the judges, again, threw it out mm-hmm. to recertify in Philadelphia. So... He's still going on the, he's still going on a thing saying that he, it's just more of a voter fraud. So this is just this this little this little um, kangaroo court stuff that's going on right now has just been so insane. But um, I didn't want to touch too much upon it. But like uh, with everything going on in the world, it's it's strange to see things kind of moving along. Uh, but like. I haven't really been paying attention to entertainment stuff lately. I know. Right yeah. now, I was watching. Let's see. I was watching football last night. Freaking Steelers! I was watching the Steelers play the Washington football team, and the football team did what the Miami Dolphins did to the '85 Bears um, on a Monday game. They came back. Right. You know, Steelers were leading at halftime, and the Washington football team get props to Alex Smith and the Washington football team defense, and they came back and beat the Steelers. They upset the Steelers. Steelers are 11-1. But, hey, props to the Steelers. You know, they tried their best. Of course, you know, having to deal with all these schedule changes and all COVID right now. I mean, don't get me wrong. They, it was just, I don't know. It was the Washington football team stepped up. 
And now I think they're tied for first in that division. And that's a division that pretty much a lot of teams are like not even above 500, which is weird. But props to Washington football team. Alex Smith, you know, come back from a gruesome leg injury last year. To take the starting position again, you know. But yeah, I mean, I'm still, I'm a Bears fan, I'm a Steelers fan. So it's like, it kind of hurt me yesterday. It's like, oh, both my teams lost this weekend. So it's kind of shit, you know. Both come from behind victories, which is kind of ironic. Both teams were leading. But they end up, in the second half, they kept up struggling. So it's like, it's interesting to see these teams that pretty much everyone threw, like, you know, not saying, oh, well, these teams are not going to make it, you know. They came back and set up, so got to give props. Um, one thing, and then, of course, you know, Fox, of course we had the masked singer. Now we got the masked dancer now. Oh, God, are you serious? Yeah, I, they, they ran a promo for the masked dancer now. So it's like, you got Paul Abdul is oh, one of the judges on there, so... Makes sense. I got Paul Abdul as one of the judges for the dancer one. So, I think Craig Robinson is hosting it though. So, oh, Craig Robinson's hosting it. Yeah. So it's like it's the same production they worked on the mass singer. It's like now they're doing mass dancer. Yeah, we're interested to see how that goes. The whole concept. I mean, but honestly, that's what's going on with TV right now. It's like I, like I said, either I'm watching like anime or watching like YouTube. I've been. Of course, with YouTube, and I've been keeping up on people. Definitely check out Phasmophobia gameplay videos. That thing kind of got blew up right now with the with COVID and stuff right now because it's like, especially with the prison level, dude. It's like freaking crazy. The the game itself is blown up. Yeah. Which I wish they bring it to consoles. That'd be so much fun to play. Which is good. I mean, like at the same time, you would think that uh, you would think that there'd be or like there would be more stuff catching your eye on Netflix. And I, I was on it, but I, I just never in the mood to watch movies anymore. I don't know what it is. I like, I like, I, I'm more interested in seeing shows and how they play out. But movies, it's always been, it's always been a, a fresh, not a frustration, but it's always been something that like I really gotta look for the interest in it to really feel like it's gonna, it's gonna be worth it. Uh, but I just find myself on YouTube all the time now. So like, yeah, just watching Phasmophobia streams. Jumping around, learning shit, and like teaching myself shit, like side hustle and all that. So I don't really, if I don't know, like it just doesn't like there's just too much content nowadays that it's hard to it's hard to even you know what I mean? It's hard to even consider the fact that like you gotta divide your time in between all this content and whatnot. But I, it, it's it's a weird time. I mean we. Yes, it's like it's it's like a first world problem to complain about all these like which we call it all of, all the options of entertainment nowadays. But like with so many streaming services coming out, it's kind of hard to even consider the like what to actually make money in. I mean, you know, with HBO Max announcing or HBO announcing that they're gonna I don't know if you saw it, but they're, they're gonna put all like all like really movies that were going to be in the theaters for next year on there as well at the same time so that goes like the movie theater industry for anybody wanting like yeah I would miss going to the theaters for the experience but honestly I'd rather watch movies at home because you have your own snacks you don't have to worry about people talking to the movies unless you're like one of those people but like yeah it, it's with them announcing that was basically like another time I mean yeah, I heard about that with HBO Max announcing Warner Media announced that hey, all the new movies are coming out. It'll be coming to the same day theaters. 
I know I heard about that. I read about that. I'm like, I see what they're trying to do, and it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, right now with the movie theaters, right now. I mean, you know, the thing that kind of throughout this pandemic that see arise was the drive-through theaters because you actually in your car, your driving theaters because you can actually be in your car. I think that's what it was. I mean, I kind of like the idea. I mean, yeah. It's much comfortable to watch a movie from home that isn't a theater because, like you said, you make a point where not other people are talking and you can pause the movie anytime you want. If you got to go to a bathroom break or if you got kids, you're watching a family movie and your kids start acting up, at least you can pause it and give the kid a time out or something and then just wait, you know, until the kid calms down. Then you can resume what you're watching. Versus going to a movie theater, you got missing something because you got to go to the bathroom or you want to fill up on popcorn again. I know some people, like, they love having popcorn. I mean, same thing we had this convenience that you can get the same stuff. But it, it, it kind of hurts the fact that the people that work in the theaters, it kind of hurts them more because then, you know, most of them are their jobs, you know. But at the same time, it's the whole skepticism of, you know, are theaters clean enough? Because exactly. I, know, I know AMC tried having the whole where you can, you and like the 20 people can rent a theater for private screening. Like, it's like a package they're offering for, like, a private screening of some of the movies. Which is not a bad deal, because then you have your own private thing. But at the same time, it's like, the whole skepticism, like, is the theater clean? That's one thing that, like, going through this pandemic and once going through next year, it's going to change a lot of people's views. Like, is stuff really clean? Yeah, same, thing with, same thing, like, with flying and stuff, too. Like, I mean, I was reading right now that possibly how things going on in Japan may... Maybe by spring they may allow for foreign tourism, but they still haven't said anything yet. I've been following that as well. So far, they only allowed only business travel and like school travel for the closer countries, like the Asian countries, to travel into Japan. Um, but I heard right now they're slowly going to start slowing down domestic travel because of COVID. Because I guess some some prefectures in Japan saw a little rise. In cases, so they might slow down, but there are some talks possibly. I mean, with the Olympics next summer got pushed to next summer in Japan, made by swing that will open up for foreign travel depending how the cases go. Be, I mean, I think right now in Japan, cinemas they're, they're still doing the cinemas doing fine. I think right now, Demon Slayer was the number one film right now in the box office in Japan right now, but like you said, with theaters right now, it's like. I, I mean, when H1X doing that big announcement and having the same day, it kind of like, you know, yeah, it hurts the, like the movie theater chains, but at the same time, they have to understand for the fact that's your source of content you're getting from these studios. And the studios are looking at it as a logistical standpoint. It's like people, are, people who are stuck at home, they're not going to go to a movie theater. They're going to risk it. Why don't we get that convenience for them at home? They're already paying for our subscription services. They're paying that fee to watch our films. Yeah. And you can generate a lot of like streaming revenue from it as well. It's, it's, it's I mean, and it was kind of inevitable that this was going to happen. That, like the people were, like analysts and economists were describing this stuff even with just the retail space and how that's been affected. But like, and, and we're seeing the big jump in, in e-commerce being such a pivotal factor in this and, and these organizations having to restructure how they operate uh, due to this stuff. And honestly, like, even if with the whole vaccine rollout, I don't, 
I don't see the pop major population taking it if they're ready for it. And even then, it's kind of like like we were discussing off earlier. Like you got to find other ways of staying hard. You can make a buck now, like or like whether or not you want to risk yourself dealing with the transmission or the possibilities of of, of getting COVID. Like it is no joke. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird thing. It's going to work. Like I'm over here you're having trouble as we speak trying to find a center that can take me. Like I want, I want to walk Walgreens right now and, and they're not good for the next day. They recommended me a high school I can go to uh, doing on-site testing as well, which I think like at the most I might have to do that. They, mm-hmm. they do um, appointments and, and walk-ins. At, and it's, like, it's fun this way, but it's going to be worth it to see if I have it or not. Um, and like, even if I were to set up a, a telecom, like, or, or, like a, a, a meeting via, like, you know, webcam with the doctor, and if they call me, like, if they call me, they're like, they should be tested. Because I am feeling weird, like you mentioned before, but I don't know if it's really to the point that, like, I do have COVID. It could just be, like, something else. I mean, I, I mean, for everybody, yeah. Like, people at work either. Yeah, that's it's one thing, yeah. So it's just kind of like, do I take the time, wait it out, and then test, which, as I'm... But I think there's something, like, a lot of people right now, it's like, yeah, there's a lot of people saying, don't, I mean, yeah, it's good to test right away, but sometimes they say, sometimes it takes days, if you do have it, it takes days to manifest itself. Yeah, it takes days for it to show, right? And, like, I, like I mentioned, like, I've had this inflammation problem, like, for the past day and a half now, so it's, and it's not, it's not going away, it's like, it's still... Like, even when I was sleeping overnight, I felt like, okay, cool. It, I thought it subsided a bit, but then now as we go and I'm open moving around, it's like, it's still, it's like lingering. It's like a tingling sensation every time. I'm I mean, talking. like, it could be the weather too, because sometimes weather does yeah, contract there it, as well. Chicago weather, what are you going to do? But at the same time, <laughs> dog, I can't be like, you know, you, you can't be armchair expert when it comes to the shit. Like, I can only chance it so much. I, like, and the only way you'll know is if you go, you know, do the thing. Well, we'll see what happens, because I've been reading right now, like, I guess, you know, Pfizer and Moderna, they're trying their best to try to see. I don't know if they're trying. I know they're trying to push as much vaccine out here in the U.S., but, of course, you know, I'll read about Moderna as well, but I think we're trying to get Pfizer out here or something. I think that's what it is right now. And, I mean, right now, with productions, are why I was reading, too, um, like a lot of movies, they they find, finally found out that WandaVision is coming out next January. WandaVision, the Marvel show, it's coming out in January. They already said January. And then finally, um, one thing we did touch base when we were talking about back in our Scott Pilgrim episode, um, the video game finally, Ubisoft finally announced that um, the game's coming out January 14th. Can't wait. Can't wait to play that. Instead of beating them up, will be great for fans of the Scott Pilgrim series, and it's going to include all the DLC they had included with it. So they include like Knives Chow as a playable character and Wallace as a playable character, so you get to play with them. But I want to give a little positive thing. I'm going to talk about COVID again, but of course that's going to be a thing. And of course, um, I was listening to Bill Burr's podcast as well, and I was listening to his Monday Morning yesterday. And he's like, I think he was in Austin or Houston. I think he was in Texas right now. He's doing like some shows and stuff. He himself is keeping himself like you know he's like it's great doing these shows right now. I'm in my hotel room. Like he's like. It kind of he understands like people are a little stir crazy, you know. He does bring up a point. People get a little stir crazy when they're indoors mostly all the time, you know. They have nothing else to do and stuff. And 
Well, I mean, there's also people worrying about their bills and yeah. how they're gonna feed their kids, and and they're not helping. Whatever this game that our leaders are playing, it's not it's not helping anybody's case now because they just continue to shut things down, shut things down, and hence why I'm over here. Like, well, you know, you gotta reconsider your strategy here and how to pursue life and 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 for the foreseeable future. So I don't know. It's 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 weird. Like I. Like, one should definitely not play with their health, you know, if you need to, talk to a doctor, get yourself tested if you can, and I'm over here, like, can't even book a test thing in the places that's near me, and, and it's, and, like, like, I can see here, like, my, the most recent one I can do is, is fucking, like, I'm fr- on a Friday, and it's, like, two days out of my week that I can't work, so it's just, like, to, to pay my bills, so it's, it's strange, man. It's it's strange times we're living in. I mean, not everybody's as lucky, you know. So like, we gotta do what we can. But you know, I, I I'd rather get it done, right? Mm-hmm. I really get it as opposed to wondering whether I can, should go back. Because like now, like at least in my case, I was throwing up at my job, and people saw it, right? Like people were around it and aware of it. And if I, now I feel like this weird social tension that I'm probably going to receive if I come back to work. And if they ask me, did you get tested? I'll be like, well, no, I don't know if they'll let me back in the building because of that. I mean, I would say the best thing I would do is like check yourself. And I don't know if you have a thermometer to check you have fever, but if you don't have fever, then you should be fine. I mean, it's basically, if you're giving yourself what, I mean, you got, you started six since one. I mean, the most people to tell like for why my job pretty much is say if you're not feeling well, they give you like a seventy-two hour hold or something. What do you mean? They can you can stay home for like if you haven't been in effect with somebody who had a fever in the last twenty-four hours, but you can actually stay home for like three days and you'll be fine. The same two hours. Well, what I gotta do now is I think that's why he's like just at least in my case the guy that I report to he said like yeah just take the time. Yeah. But it's like. And what we've been mentioning, like, if we only got three days, and it's only been a day and a half, so I gotta mess, I gotta just, I gotta continue to wait it out, I guess. But like I said, who knows, maybe by tomorrow you'll feel better. Like, like, like everybody that's listening right now, like I said, I understand people that want to go to work, but, like, people in the entertainment industry, you know, sometimes they have to, even people that in sports right now, like, Lamar Jackson right now is barely coming back, you know, to play tomorrow. And he was on a COVID-19 hold as well. So... Like I said, even like if you work in the entertainment industry as well, so like you gotta take the precaution as well because you never know who has it. Like so I said, it's great right now with these animated shows like Boss Burgers and all them. You know these animated shows are doing well because they're able to have the tools they can do it from home. Um, which I think so far, I think Boss Burgers so far the lot of the course sessions where they're doing it from home, and they said that a lot of times they didn't even provide some lines as well. This is kind of funny, but I was reading an article about that. Um, but yeah, so like I said. Oh yeah, like I said, like you said, Biko, it's like pretty much you got like you're not feeling well, stay home and just check yourself. Like with me, I had my health scare months back, and luck for me, and I'm not having anything. I think I had a fever for like a few days. I think it took like three, three or two days to finally subside itself. So, all right, so let's go ahead. Um, I know this episode kind of went to a little like covid again <laughs> but um let's go ahead and get this um wrapping up you know get this wrapped up for the week so any pro-life tips you have today for this week Biko? uh yeah actually do uh, let me pull it up so 
Oh, I thought I had it. What the hell? No. Um, anyway. Oh, I guess this is going to be helpful for the people who are at home trying to figure out what they want to cook. But uh, <laughs> I had one of the scam calls. But it, it, oh, man, I thought I, I had it up. I'm not even kidding. I had it loaded up and everything, but it's cool. Oh, here you go. I'll say this. So this will be helpful for people who want to travel still, mm-hmm. but don't, but aren't able to rent a car because of their age. Mm-hmm. Um, so it says, if it, if an emergency where you need to rent a car, so albeit if you're in another state within the United States or in a different country, I know here you have to be, you have to be 26, I believe, and have a license in your state in order to rent a car. And really. They're, they're, yeah, you do. You have to be 26. Hmm. And so it says not sure, or it says it's an emergency and you need to rent a car, but are only between the ages of 18 and 21 rent a U-Haul pickup truck. Not sure if this has been posted here before, but I haven't seen it. And this is a tip that helped out a buddy of mine over the summer. Hmm. So I figured I'd do it. In the U.S., you have to be, oh, you have to be 21 to rent a car in, in the U.S. And I think some companies require you to be even older. I know in Enterprise, they do require you to be like 25, 26. Because I rented one in Minneapolis years ago under my name, and, and uh, I was I was the only one in my in my group that was 26 at the time. Um, and that could vary from different companies. Anyways, if you're in a tight spot and just need a car or a vehicle, U-Haul has pickup trucks that you can pretty much rent to anyone over 18 with a credit card. They're hmm. one practical and they'll probably be more expensive than renting a normal car, but if the bottom line is you need a mode of transportation just to get to someplace, I would check them out. And you can find these, at, um, you can rent a U-Haul truck, I believe, at, at, at uh, home, your local Home Depot. They have facilities everywhere. I mean, the choice is yours, but yeah, like in a tight bunch, that's always an option instead of, you know, spending a lot of money on Ubers or Lyfts these days. Um, but that's something I would recommend for traveling if you're in a city. I know in the city it's it's a little different to get around because you have you can only do special public transportation and the routes they take and you know, time crunch. You know, those, those, those trips add up for sure. So depending on where you are and if you need to get to another place, I would suggest renting it. Hmm. Interesting. It's not bad. Yeah. All right, I think that does it for this week's episode. Um, thank you so much for joining us, guys. Um. Like I said, Biko, stay safe. Hopefully, you're all yeah. good next week. We'll get together again. Yeah, hopefully, get yourself checked out. Um, hopefully, everything goes well. We'll see you next week. Um, thank you so much to our listeners in the U.S., Canada, you know, Europe, uh, Malaysia, Philippines, uh, Ireland, of course, the U.K., uh, France. Uh, hopefully I'm not leaving anybody out if I am. Canada, our neighbors up north. Thank you so much for listening to guys listen to the podcast guys. Your support means a lot to us. Um don't forget to check out our backlog episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your your podcast fix. Follow us on Twitter at Pop Talking, all one word. If you want to tweet us. We also have our subreddit, guys. Um it's our subreddit is R slash talking pop. Usually we do Discussions on there as well. I forgot we had a subreddit. I finally realized we had one. Um, definitely check us out there on Reddit itself. If you have any pro-life tips you want to share or any recommendations entertainment-wise that you want to share, like I say, you can check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash talkingpop. Um, we post um, links to the episodes on there. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your week. We'll see you guys next week. As always, geek on and take care. 
Hey, it's the franchise from Talking Pop with the franchise and Biko. Just let you know, we have a storefront. It's teespring.com slash Talking Pop. We got shirts. We got tank tops for men, women, kids. We also got hoodies and sweatshirts. Um, we actually have coffee mugs and we have an iPhone case and a Samsung case with the Popstronaut logo on there. Also, we have stickers so you can put on your locker, on your laptop, wherever you want to put those stickers on there. So right now, if you go to teespring.com slash TalkingPop, and when you go to check out, use the promo code TalkPop and save $5 on your order. Support the podcast. As always, geek on and take care.